so Chris, obviously Xi Jinping is coming into town and the agenda list is, is long. We've got cyber, economics, um, South China Sea, even human rights. For the president, for President Obama and President Xi, what comes first? What's first on the agenda? Well, I think from President Obama's point of view, uh, all of those subjects are going to be <laughs> sort of foremost on the agenda. I think, you know, it's it's no one of these various bilateral irritants that has has really gotten uh, the situation to where we are now. It's a combination of factors, uh, and I would add to the list also uh, the sort of reemergence of human rights, not in the not in the traditional manner of focusing on dissidents, things like that, but uh, things like China's pending uh, NGO, non-government organizations law, the recently passed national security law which affect a broad swath of U.S. and other foreign interests and therefore increases pressure on governments to uh, to push back. From President Xi's point of view, I think it's safe to say that his intention is to come and get what he feels he needs with regard to the sort of pomp and circumstance that goes with a state visit. If you look at the way the Chinese are designing the visit, really most of the things President Xi will do of significance, including a major policy address, will happen in either Seattle or New York. Uh, he will touch down in Washington you know, just long enough to have uh, the private meeting with uh, President Obama uh, do the arrival ceremony, get the state dinner, and then head off uh, to New York very quickly. So I think it's safe to say that there are different agendas. Uh, you know, the Chinese want to, to sort of get the goodies, and the Americans want to, to convey those goodies while at the same time getting some kind of real practical progress on these very difficult bilateral issues. And when President Xi has gone back to Beijing, what kind of headline do you think he wants to see on the People's Daily when he arrives summing up this trip? I think it will primarily be a couple things. One, the U.S. and China increase their global cooperation on issues of significance. So I think we're going to talk climate change. We're going to talk uh, fighting pandemic disease. Uh, the Iran nuclear deal obviously comes up in this context in U.S.-China uh, cooperation, probably North Korea as well in a, in a similar context. And he also wants the headline, the subtext of the headline, to be uh, President Xi, China's new leader, uh, manages the number one bilateral relationship with the United States without giving ground on China's core interests. That's the message he wants to convey. And, and how direct do you think that both sides will be? Obviously, there's a lot of points of contention we touched upon at the start. Is this the forum to do that, or is this more of a a photo op for him, a photo op for, for our side. It's a difficult situation because, of course, the context of a state visit is usually to emphasize the positive. And, and obviously, in the in the public interactions, I think we can expect that. Uh, in the private meetings, I expect uh, uh, President Obama to, to be very direct, uh, especially on issues like cyber. Uh, we've seen this, uh, of course, with Susan Rice's visit to Beijing, where she, I think, was very clear in, in highlighting U.S. concerns. Uh, Chinese were obviously concerned enough to send a very senior Politburo member, Meng Jianzhu, last week to the United States to kind of work on these issues. Uh, the Chinese media claims there was a major breakthrough. Uh, I didn't get that feel from the White House statement that was uh, that was released on the, uh, on the discussion. Um, so I think we can expect from the U.S. side, especially in the private context, less focus on thinking about how do we come up with new dialogue mechanisms on these contentious issues, cyber, maritime security, and more sort of laying out the evidence, if you will, of Chinese behavior and asking President Xi for a very honest assessment of what are we supposed to read in terms of intentions uh, from this behavior. And then the public, uh, again, I think will be uh, very heavily focused on, you know, sort of bilateral cooperation. And how does this differ from, say, meetings from previous years? Maybe on one end, you know, you've got a slightly weaker Chinese economy. Does that give the U.S. more leverage to 
kind of lay things out how it wants. Uh, I, that's possible. Uh, I think in particular, there's a couple of differences. One is that the Chinese uh, are signaling just as they have been for a while now. This really started with Hu Jintao's last state visit uh, to the United States, uh, that they don't really have to conduct the relationship in the way that they used to as sort of the subordinate partner. So, you know, previously what we'd be discussing right now is we would have handed China a list of, of human rights detainees and the discussion would be which one are they going to release as a goodwill gesture, uh, you know, to create a, a positive atmosphere for the summit. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, the Chinese clearly want to see from the U.S. some recognition of the changing global power dynamic, uh, some recognition that the mechanics and the cadence of U.S.-China relations have to change uh, in some way to reflect that. Um, on the reverse side, I think uh, from the U.S. point of view, uh, no real uh, incentive, certainly from a domestic political point of view, to do uh, President Xi any favors while there are these many contentious issues on the table. In terms of the economic leverage it might provide, I think it's fair to say that the 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 difficulties that China has been facing have taken some of the shine off of the U.S. decline meme that was very uh, popular in Beijing in the immediate aftermath of the global financial crisis. You don't hear too many people uh, talking about that these days. And I think that does provide the U.S. with some leverage. I mean, it certainly was noteworthy that as China's stock market was crashing, um, the U.S. Uh, GDP growth was revised upward uh, rather significantly. That's not going to be lost on either side. And there's talk now of, of cyber sanctions being put in place by the U.S. on China. Do you think that's a good idea that Xi, Jin, that Xi Jinping is coming to do it then as a, as, a, as a message to China, or they should take the moment to discuss it with them, maybe in private, and, and figure it out from there? Yeah, I mean, my own sense is that it would not be wise uh, to uh, to lever levy the sanctions before President Xi arrives. Uh, you know, it's it's basically a slap in the face um, at, at that moment. And the question is, you know, has uh, Meng Jianzhou, the senior Politburo member's visit, given the administration enough uh, to be able to say with some uh, reasonable, uh, you know, sort of justification, well, we've heard enough that we can delay at least beyond when 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 he arrives. I think that's sort of the the key question. The broader issue is do the sanctions while clearly having more teeth than the earlier indictments of PLA officers. You know, the reality is that for companies, which would be the focus of these sanctions, if they're operating in the international financial system and the United States sanctions you, your life becomes very difficult in terms of your ability to conduct financial transactions and so on. So they're not without teeth. But at the same time, it's sort of a same genus as the indictments in that it's it's more naming and shaming. Whereas perhaps probably the better approach in this case is to, you know, use the U.S.'s own uh, extensive cyber capabilities in a very discreet way that's, that's non-escalatory, of course, uh, while simultaneously providing the Chinese with a dialogue channel option so as to uh, give them a choice uh, on this, as opposed to sanctions that, you know, will probably be uh, modestly affected. Okay. Um, I want to talk finally about um, how the domestic America's domestic effects, uh, what's going on on the foreign level. Obviously, 2016 is rolling up. Um, you'd think it had already come by the way that the media has been covering the election so far. How much does that play into what uh, the Chinese uh, think when they're dealing with the US? Is there a case that they might be you know, waiting us out, 
thinking of thinking that you know there's only a year to go. It's not something that they need to really worry about right now. Yeah, I, I think that there is this notion in China that that the Obama administration has sort of officially tipped over into to lame duck status. Uh, you know, I think it's important for the Chinese to be reminded that the one thing that's true about the U.S. presidency is uh, the U.S. president retains foreign policy decision making and power right up to the minute when he leaves office, and I think that's important. You know, for the Chinese to understand. If, however, they decide that uh, there's no point in sort of investing in the administration with this summit, uh, they should consider carefully investing in the relationship itself. Uh, I would argue for two reasons. One, uh, to hopefully sort of smooth the glide path uh, to whatever does come next. I think the, the Chinese sort of properly assess that whatever comes next may be more likely to adopt sort of a more uh, hostile position uh, toward the Chinese, at least at the beginning of the administration. There's a strong track record of that uh, over time. I think also uh, from that perspective, there's a desire to understand on China's part that uh, you know President Xi's visit, the Iran vote is over now. President Xi's visit really is the next major issue uh, in the foreign policy can uh, calendar. So candidates of all stripes are going to have to comment publicly, and so the Chinese should be thinking about how they want to shape that narrative. I think the second reason to invest in the relationship more broadly is China has some uh, reputational rehabilitation work to do with the U.S. public. Uh, things like cyber, these uh, hacking attacks, especially the OPM attack where millions of social security numbers were compromised. There's a sense of personal security uh, that is that is often lacking in some of the other things China is doing. You know, if you if you ask the average, tell the average American China manipulates its currency, their response is likely to be, you know, well, that sounds bad, but they don't really understand it. I, I don't understand it either. Uh, but, but if you have pictures on the front cover of the Washington Post or the New York Times where there is a blue ocean field on the left and a fairly large island on the right, or these issues of cyber uh, security, that has a sort of visceral uh, issue. And if you look at the latest Pew Research numbers, this is very much reflected. You know, China's you know, sort of favorability rating has kind of fallen off a cliff in, in the recent, uh, in the recent uh, polling. So I think it's very important for President Xi to think about that and how he goes about recalibrating that, you know, using his people-to-people -people moments that he might have during the trip to, to send a good message there. Now, one final follow-up. What would signify a good trip from the U.S. side? Uh, my sense would be that we could get some some traction, you know, on some of these controversial issues. Uh, I think it's you know I have tremendous sympathy for the U.S. officials who are trying to negotiate uh, for the summit. It's difficult when your negotiating partner says you know the following three issues are non-negotiable. Uh, that makes things uh, somewhat difficult, and and it's it's dressed up and couched in in language of well, President Xi doesn't want to get in the the weeds of cyber and you know maritime and so on. But but you know these these are our concerns, and they're legitimate concerns. Uh, they have practical implications, and so I, I think for the U.S. side, um, getting some sense that the Chinese are in fact engaging with us on this, not in a sort of dialogue manner, but actually taking concrete steps to address our concerns, that would be uh, an ideal win for the U.S.